Hey y'all, you can't see us today, but we're here. <laughs> and we have a special guest. <laughs> One of our greatest friends, uh, Kathy. I want to, what's your last name? Martinez? Martinez. Because I want to say Guzman. <laughs> we're here with, um, our one of our dearest friends, Kathy. I want to say Guzman again. Oh my God, <laughs> she got married like two years ago. Two years ago. Two years. Ago. Oh my gosh. Well, it'll, it'll be two years in, in August. June? August. Oh my gosh. Two years ago. <laughs> Before we started shooting, a couple of days, uh, a couple of days ago, I was thinking, okay, if I introduce Kathy, I gotta remember Martinez, Martinez, Martinez. <laughs> like I kept saying it to myself. <laughs> you know, it's funny when um when I sent out the invite, the Google invite, I I wanted to type <laughs> and I could not remember your new last name. Like I know you're married, obviously. I know you have a new last name, but I just I I'd be forgetting. I was like Kathy. <laughs> No last name, just Kathy. You know, mm-hmm. and I have my email still, my maiden name. And then sometimes the, the pager will hear me say Catherine Guzman, and he's like, I'm like, that's so cool, though. Like, yeah. God forbid shit, you know, hits the fan. I will mm-hmm. be Catherine Guzman again. So mm-hmm. don't play with me. it's like it's like you know when it's a new year and you forget to write the new year you keep writing the old year we've known kathy as guzman for over a decade dude i was writing 2018 Mm -hmm. and that's been gone no no you stop it don't do that 2018 i wrote 2018 and i'm like whoa like i deleted these like last two years of my life <laughs> I'm not even gonna ask what happened. <laughs> but um so we have Kat here today. Um and today's episode we will be focusing on the self and we figured that Kathy would be the perfect person to have this conversation with because I myself have had some luscious, fruitful, um thought provoking conversations with Kathy alone. And um she's just all encompassing so we have her here today i guess we can do a, a plug for you if you want your art if you feel comfortable if not we can edit that out no yeah definitely so you can find me at uh, leopard cat 28 that's my personal and actually let me go look at my other one so i can make sure i say it correctly so it's cat cats art table period between art and table Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're gonna put the 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 links up and everything in the okay, description. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, and then that's also my Etsy. If anybody wants to go look at some, only some of my paintings are up there. I think I'm gonna open a Shopify, but you know, let me know what you guys think. If I should or should not with Shopify, if anybody knows, if that's a good website. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is cats art period table. I'm so excited to see more of your work up out there because uh, I know it's just for the past couple of years, I've just been itching for you to put that stuff out. Stuff out there, right? You yeah. know, I feel like now is the perfect time because it's really my artwork has built up and I feel like it's gotten so much better throughout the years. And, and then I noticed that I keep doing like the same styles. So now I'm starting to see, like, I do have a style. I switch it up because I have a more natural <clears throat> style than I have a more pop art style. And 
they just like repeat each other and they the the new ones always just look so much better than the last ones and um i want to show that off actually because i think it's so much fun i never see like i follow artists and i see throughout the years like wow like their art has gotten even better and like i follow mm-hmm. them at a point where their art was amazing so like to see them where they are now it's crazy but they don't really like to show like in one slide like the background of how how i used to look to now you have to like scroll so i think that that's something i'm gonna work on because i only have like what is it eight posts on my instagram i'm gonna um bring everything to my apartment so i could put it all out there and just show like how my art has gone throughout the years and uh, really focus on that growth because that, that's important to me because I don't always have time to paint but when I do paint like <clears throat> such a therapeutic moment and I really want to show that off like the process and how I feel after the fact what would you what would your what would you call your theme for your paintings um hmm just straight up feminine like me trying to express how much I, I like my body and it's so weird because right now I'm going through a period where I'm like I don't really like my body right now but I do want to still paint it like I'm still proud of it because of it you know it created a whole human being and um, I think it's always been my way of falling in love with me, you know, cause yeah, I went through a period of time where I was just like going out, you know, meeting men and bringing them home <laughs> to like, find, to, like, you know, find myself more attractive, like, oh, if I could pull these people, I know I'm cute. But when I do my paintings, it's like, no, like they, that's cute. I know I'm cute because I'm so inspired to paint every like curve of mine. And um, there's some new things I want to try this year that I've never done in my other paintings. Like, uh, just give more detail, like, in the face and, and stretch marks. Because I've, I've always loved the faceless woman because then anybody can be that person. You know, and mm. it doesn't even have to just be, like, a sex. Like, it doesn't have to just be a woman. It could just be a person that can identify with my painting if they want. Like, because I, I feel like I use my colors to express that with my pop art section. And then um, all my natural pieces are always about when I can rebirth and, and bringing in new life because I love to always have water in that painting with vegetation in the background because, you know, water, vegetation, to me, that's, that's life and purity. They're also gorgeous. I'm excited to see how they uh, evolve over the years because I already think they're amazing. So, you're <laughs> always been my biggest fan. Like I love that about you. <laughs> There's a few projects that are in the works this year. So, when I finally have a moment, I think I'm gonna have to wait till after school's over because I have so much homework right now. But in uh, right in like the middle of May, I, I already have like a schedule of shit that I'm gonna do. I'm going to give myself a break right now because, you know, I said I'm in school and everything. But this year, I'm going to try a new medium. Yeah. I remember you when you were, like, going, uh, working with oil. Uh, and then you had tried water color. Is that what it's called? Water color? Oh, water paint. Yeah. So hard to work with. Which, which one would you say you like the most? I love oil so freaking much. And I feel it's because it's so forgiving. Mm. Like, and I think that it kind of goes back to how I feel as I am as a person. Like with a, with acrylic, it's just, it dries too quickly. 
you cannot make any mistakes. You have to have like full blown intentions when you're going in and like and know what you're doing. And sometimes, and most times when I go into my paintings, I don't know what I'm doing. I have a general idea of like the shapes that I want, the colors that I want, but I'm such an indecisive person. So oil gives me the ability to change my mind and then reblend and just, you know, and then I could just take some oil and scrap that off if I don't like it anymore, which I usually never do. I just work with it. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I like to just be okay with the mistakes and, you know, work around it and apply it to my painting. So that's why I feel like oils is so much fun. So there, there's so much room to forgive yourself because you're like, oh, that was a bit of a mistake, but I can make it work because it's blendable. And it takes, it takes so much time for it to dry which I like too, because I'll look at it, like I'll see it drying and I'm like, wait, that needs to go. Like, <laughs> let's go back in and readjust this. You know, I was going to say that's a perfect metaphor for life, girl. See, this is why it keeps <laughs> you around, for real. Like, oh my, this, like, honestly, when Kathy speaks sometimes, I think I've told you this, CJ, it's so beautiful and, uh. Thank you. I was it is funny you say that too David because I was gonna ask just now like um the way you're describing how you forgive yourself for your mistakes in painting which to me seems so like mature and whatnot do you see yourself having that same attitude and outlook outside of painting I feel like I I contradict myself in my real like life life and I was talking to my therapist about about this the other day um and because there be like especially with my relationship sometimes I feel like I'm so hard on my husband and um I saw and then it's just he's so he's we all we're all humans we all make mistakes and mistakes and so there's times where I'll catch myself like getting so aggravated with him off of just a little bit of an annoyance and I'm like why am I like this with my husband like I'm not really like this with anybody else I feel like I'm I'm so peaceful with everybody else but when it comes to my, my home life sometimes I'm like the meanest me and my therapist was saying because I, I always have a high level of anxiety um the minute a little thing ticks me off I'm ready to go to 10 because I live at like a five on my anxiety level and so that little that little thing just gets to me and that's something that me and her are working on right now is um is is in my home life is is being more peaceful and being more forgiving and understanding like I can like I can be like that with my friends and my coworkers and and my boss like in, the, in my work environment people are like oh my god you're so nice you're so this and I'm like thank you and then but then when I come home I'm like I'm my worst behaved self and and I know it's because it's comfort and you know and I know that he can handle that and I know that he he he's okay with that because he, we've been together for so long but I don't ever want it to get to the point where damn like my anxiety levels are so high and I don't reduce them at home and it's going to affect my relationship. Not even just with him, but with my children, because they're probably going to inherit that too. Cause I inherited my dad's anxiety. And I just learned right now that my mom is super anxious. So I, I got it from both ends and I'm like, I can't give that to my kids. So right now I am in like, uh, I would say like a transitional, like healing process, like trying to figure out how I can, uh, be my best emotional self at home as well yeah i'm the same way i feel like i'm more um short with 
my family or the people I live with or the people that I'm really close with. And for that comfort reason, too, it's like I they'll handle it. They know me for it's like they already they already love me. So, you know, it's like which is it's a poor excuse and um, something I would like to work on as well, even though sometimes I'm not patient enough to be patient with myself. But um, but yeah, that's something I'd like to work on as well. I feel you uh, being patient with ourselves. I think that that's why art has always been my favorite hobby because I have to take my time with it. Um, I think everybody would tell you like if you're working on something and you've already been working on it for a few hours after like, I think after me, cause I could paint for a whole day, but I think after like the five hour mark, I have to stop because my eyes just don't look at it the same way and my hands are exhausted and I need to like walk away from it. And I, and I think that that's what I have to do in my real life sometimes, not wait five hours, but walk away from like that feeling of, I need to be annoyed. I need to be angry. Um, like <laughs> last night, you know, you know, we moved out. So now we have our own apartment and I am so anal about keeping it clean because it just makes me feel more at ease when my environment is clean. And I hate going to bed with dishes because I'm not to wake up to that. So last night, Pedro was cleaning <laughs> and I just naturally started looking around like analyzing how he's doing everything. <laughs> and so I find something. <laughs> I was like, why does water look so soapy over here? <laughs> What? <laughs> Why are you over here trying to check me? And I'm like, I am so sorry because in my head I was like, I gotta find something. And then I just went ahead and did it instead of holding back and just like letting him do him and like do his chores. <laughs> and I was, I walked away like I am so annoying. <laughs> like let me leave this space. Let me close the door and I'm gonna let you do you because you're doing me a service by cleaning up. Because I could have been annoyed and just did it myself, but you know, that's not doing anything to help the situation. Do you feel yourself like uh, you know you're thinking something negative and you know you should walk away and you're telling yourself walk away, but then you decide, no, fuck it, I'm going to I'm going to lean into this anger, this annoyance. Or is it that it just happens on impulse and then you have to reflect afterward? I feel like nowadays it doesn't happen as often, but when I first started dating him that was like I would just go with it I wouldn't even stop myself which is so like not healthy and I'm just surprised that we made it to like five years together because <laughs> how the hell did he tolerate me all that time and um sometimes you know what it is I, I we all have intrusive thoughts right and um sometimes I'm out in public and I think the most meanest thoughts about people and I'm like whoa you need to slow down girl that is not nice like, I'm not verbally saying it, but I'm thinking it, and I already feel guilty. And I'm like, what if they're thinking that of me? Like, that wouldn't be nice. So I always have to, like, self-talk. Like, Catherine, don't be passing so much judgment on somebody else. Like, you don't know anything of what they're going through on that end. And I tried to, like, always put that human aspect into other people, which I, I feel like a, a lot of people lack is... um especially with the age of social media, like we, we grew up with all these different platforms and everybody has the ability to say what they want and what they feel at that time. And like, and then feel no remorse because they could just close their phone and like not even care. And I don't like that, but cause I know I do that in person. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> let me stop that. I've never been a troll and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a troll. 
Unless I'm with CJ, then we're gonna talk shit. <laughs> 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 I'm with you. Damn, I'm a bad influence. All right. No, we bring out me. Uh, that's why I love hanging out with you because you bring out like something out of me that just the cheese mud. <laughs> yeah, you. I don't get to experience that too much. Um, and I need that sometimes because I, I do feel like there there should be a little help. I don't know if this is going to make me sound like a hypocrite, but there should be a healthy amount of like sharing what you feel, regardless of what it is. But if you're sharing it with somebody who's like trustworthy and like you feel understands where you're coming from, not necessarily that you hate the world and you hate these type of people, but you just like you need to say it to somebody. You need to vent. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, hmm, that's not really nice. Let me not think that again. <laughs> Does that make does that make sense? That makes sense, you know. And uh, actually, I I was thinking this morning um, when people are like, oh, I gotta speak my truth. I gotta speak my truth, and so they they use that as an excuse to say whatever they want to say. I'm like, yeah, but sometimes your truth is an asshole, and you gotta know when to filter it, or or maybe filtering how you say it. Um, but sometimes, you know, like that old saying goes, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. But I, a lot of people, I'm sure, think about mean stuff because, you know, hearing you say that, knowing the thoughts that go through my head. And I've heard from quite a few people lately just admitting the nasty thoughts that come to their head, not not talking about the individual uh, describing the individual thoughts specifically, but just saying in general that they do get these intrusive thoughts and then they feel terrible about it. So it just seems like such a human thing to be so critical and judgmental. But, uh, but it, you know, and you'll be really surprised because Kathy, for those of you who don't know her, is a ball of sunshine. Like she's a positive person to be around. At least I think so. And when you hear people like that talk about these thoughts that they have in their head, you're like, oh shoot. But it's just kind of, for me, just shows like a lot of people think this way and you should try to do better, but don't beat yourself up because you can't control the thoughts that come into your head. You can control how you react to them. You know that phrase, um, I'm not responsible I'm responsible for what I say, but I'm not responsible for how you feel about it. You ever heard that mm -hmm. phrase before? That yeah. bothers me so much because I remember maybe like two, in 2019, I kept hearing that phrase and it was from somebody that is a relative of mine and I think y'all know who I'm talking about. But they used to say this all the time, just like, because that's how they were towards their partner. Like they were mean towards their partner. They were mean towards are people like there's just a, a person that carried a lot of like anger and they would always use that phrase as like a um as a as an excuse to be nasty to people and to a certain extent yeah you're not responsible for how i feel but you are responsible for a part of it because i could have gone my day without you saying that statement that hurt my feelings you know like there's a lot of things that um like you were saying earlier speaking my truth like write that shit down in your diary like yeah. you don't need to know everything that you're thinking it's not con it's not helping me it's not constructive criticism like you're not helping me at all and or like who who are you like you're not the golden standard to to whatever situation you're telling me about like I don't I, I hate that and I feel like that's kind of my fear with social media sometimes 
um, because I do want to be more active and I, I would love to show my art off more online, but I'm just like, I don't have the, the space for people to tell me stupid shit, you know? And I'm, but I'm quick to block and delete. Don't get me wrong. I'm super quick to do that. But it's just like, you know, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. And I, um, I want to say I used to struggle with that. I used to struggle with it on both ends, like not being too concerned about what I, what I say and how I say it and how it will affect the person I'm telling it to. Um, and then on the opposite side of that, um, hearing that and then not being able to always decipher when this actually applies to me and then when someone is just being hurtful. Um, so I, I get both sides and I think, well, honestly, it's still a learning process because I find not so much now because I, A, don't talk to many people and B, I'm not, I seek validation, which is something that I'm actively working on as well. Um, but I only seek it from this, those same people. So I guess I'm just repeating myself, but it's just, it looks a little different now, but, um, I forgot my point. Not my point, but I forgot how I was going to connect these things. Um, Don't you hate that? <laughs> I do, because I feel like I was going somewhere. I was going somewhere, but I just don't remember where exactly. But um, yeah, basically, I I understand both ends of that that issue. I think that's all I got to say. It'll come back to me. Yeah, I it will. No, definitely. No. I mean, because like, like Kathy was saying earlier, it's like to a certain extent, yeah, you can't control the way the person emotionally like their initial re emotion um but you can but also like you were saying you're the cause of that and what you, what it is that you said and there are different ways to say things so if you felt the need to let someone know something about themselves or whatever you don't have to be harsh about it or uh, aggressive about it um you know, you can pull them to this, make sure it's in private. You can, I don't know, just find ways to communicate whatever it is you feel the need to tell them. Um, and that sort of, I want to say is kind of a form of manipulation because you're trying to find a way to deescalate or prevent uh, a certain emotion, you know, by how you say well, something. I'm sorry, I'm confused. A manipulation from the person who is dishing out the um who, who ma manipulation of who Ma uh manipulating the the person who is saying the thing yes okay okay it's the it's the manipulator maybe manipulating yeah. is the wrong word no to i use. no no i agree with you because i was thinking um i was thinking like they want to have authority and power i'm thinking of one per person in particular who would co continue well actually now that i'm talking i'm thinking about a couple people but who would continuously um, almost, I don't, I don't know if I'm being dramatic because I'm very sensitive to the topic, but like berate me and constantly feel it necessary to give, like put their two cents in when it wasn't necessary. And it was a form of manipulation and they wanted to have power and authority over my well being. So I think you're right, but go ahead. Yeah, no, that you touch on something a little different but that's actually a good point too it's like in that sense they're manipulating you by trying to belittle you and make you feel i don't know less than or submissive but then there's i was thinking of another form of manipulation in a in a more positive light but maybe again manipulating is a okay, wrong word but so i was so maybe influence is what i should say try to influence your emotions so that way you're not 
feeling attacked or offended, you know, by what they said because of how they say it. So you are sort of responsible for the emotion by how you're communicating to them, how you're conveying whatever it is that you're saying to them. And you can find ways to prevent, um, to, well, hopefully prevent, because as we said in the beginning, you can't fully control the way a person, uh, per, the person themselves can't control how they feel. <laughs> like it's just, a, and the emotion just comes in and and it, then they have to find a way to manage it or react to it. Um, I've, you know what? It's so funny. Sometimes I feel like I've um, been a suspect of doing that to people. Like there's been times where I've had to catch myself and, and I think my husband, because he's the one that pointed it out to me. And it's not that he pointed it out to me that I'm doing something like maliciously. I'm, I'm doing it with purpose. Sometimes I feel like I want to help my family and my friends out so much that like I'll give them advice and in reality what I need to do is take a step back and just realize everybody wants to feel heard and mm -hmm. sometimes when they're when somebody's telling you some stupid fuck shit they're just they just want to say it out loud because they want to hear themselves because we love to hear ourselves talk and what they need is just for you to listen and to that's it like you don't have to give no advice you don't have to do anything be beyond being an ear and a shoulder to cry on. And my husband really made that super clear to me sometimes because he's like, you know, I, I see where you're coming from and I feel like you give a great advice, but sometimes you insert yourself in people's lives when you don't need to by giving the advice. You could just be there for the person by just like listening because, you know, you like to listen to people and people come to you specifically for that, but don't give advice nobody's paying you a therapy session fee to give them therapy when you could just listen and then keep it at that sometimes people through you just listening and being an ear to or it's like you're bounce they're bouncing ideas off of you but you're not really you're not like, saying you're not saying anything and they figure it out on their own and uh, that's always nice. Like they talk, they need someone to talk it through, but the other person's just not saying. It's just the this this knowing that there's somebody there, listening helps them think th through. Yeah. Unless somebody's like, I need you to give me advice. And don't Diamond tells me. Diamond will tell me like, I just need you to listen, or she'll say I would like your advice on something. I definitely agree that Diamond. She does make a point to tell you like, I just need to say this. <laughs> And we should all do that. Because I don't always want folks. I just, like CJ said, I, I think I do a excellent job of calling him and then bouncing my ideas or my thoughts and then figuring it out horn. by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I I am still that. that I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want Peter to hear me curse, but I'm still that chick. He's <laughs> <laughs> his mama and his daddy. <laughs> um, but, um, you know what's so funny? When you're like, I, I feel like I always call CJ, but I'm always calling CJ on grammatical advice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need you to tell me if I'm doing this right. Like, I, mm -hmm. and I'm like, girl, I haven't been in high school, wrote a paper <laughs> for how long? Girl, and I'm not in high school either, but you are. <laughs> you know what, though? Honestly, you should invest in Grammarly for real. No, I have Grammarly. And then it's funny because my school gave us Microsoft Word. Like I have everything mm -hmm. from Microsoft and they they have turned themselves into Grammarly. But I don't trust it all the time because mm -hmm. sometimes I like I'll, I'll listen to like I'll, I'll say yes to like their changes and then they'll give me a, their grade. Mm -hmm. I'm like when I remember 
Yo, one time CJ and me, we were on the phone and I did not expect to be on the phone this long with CJ about one paper. But I guess <laughs> my paper was that bad. We were on the phone. I don't know if you remember this. It was like for four hours. And it was a, like wow. a very, I remember I was writing a, an essay on a book on like a short story called The Things They Carried. Mm-hmm. And I remember me and CJ walked through like literally every sentence. And at one point I was a little annoyed because like, damn, I just want to get this shit over with. Like, yo, <laughs> yo, I will piggyback off of that because I oh God, stopped. <laughs> no, no, I stopped asking CJ for help for my sa- my Spanish homework. That's why I came to you, Kathy, because I'm like, Kathy's just going to help me and go. See, yeah. I don't want to break. I don't want the breakdown. I just want you to tell me what's wrong. Fix it. So I you can submit it learn. for <laughs> Somet- What did we just say? I don't want you to teach me. I just want you to give me the answer. Apply it there. It's so no. funny because growing up, my mom was that way. Like she would just do it. Cause she's mm-hmm. a doer. Like she just like, you give her a problem and that, that woman will solve it for you. Mm-hmm. It's part of like my problem when people come to me, like, and I want to solve their issues. Like, no. I hate it when my mom used to do this, especially in math, because I'm not good at math. And I'd be like, mom, I'm going to go to school tomorrow and I'm not going to understand what I did because you did my homework for me. So then, like, there's some times in life where I do. I said sometimes, calm your face. (laughs) And also, I'm a full grown ass woman who I'm not going to speak Spanish hardly ever because I have two friends who will do that for me. And also Google Translate. So F off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so, like we have all this technology at the tip of our fingers exactly <laughs> whatever um, i still got an a thank you kathy i, I got an a no <laughs> kathy got an a <laughs> you know, funny when i was sending you back that homework i was like oh my god i hope it's correct <laughs> i should have had cj double check <laughs> and then i and then i secretly double check with kathy like is this like right <laughs> whatever how many yeah, people man. does it take to change the light bulb <laughs> that's, that's funny, funny. <sighs> so um we, maybe we could go into the questions that we dropped yes know? yes i was actually pulling them up on my phone Kathy kind of, she well, answered. answered a lot of them, if not all of them. Oh, for real? But, um, there was actually one because I, I wanted to ask for the first, how comfortable are you with exploring different options of therapy? Um, but Kathy had mentioned that painting for her was therapeutic. So I wanted to ask uh, for you two, Diamond, uh, like what is an activity that you find therapeutic? Because I know Diamond... And Kathy, you're both in therapy, um, but outside Don't be of telling my business. Sorry, you don't know sorry. if I want folks to know sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so outside of, <laughs> I'll take that out. Outside of um, talking to a professional, licensed professional, what are some other therapeutic activities? So I am in therapy. That was not <laughs> your business to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I actually would prefer if you answered this first, CJ, because I, other than reading, do, can people know that you like to read? Shut okay. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do? Like, cause I, okay, let me start with this. I, I often, and I think I voiced this to you. I often feel like 
I don't want to say, I don't want to be melodramatic and be like, I'm not a good friend. But um, when CJ comes to me for never advice, which I'm actually a little offended for. Never advice. That's not true. Never advice. That's not true. Right. It's like, how do you figure your shit out? Because CJ's (laughs) like, this is like, what do you do? Well, <laughs> I would like to know actually myself. Yes, I'm thinking of. I've known you for way too long. I'm never giving you advice. That's when, not. That's exactly. not true. Unless it's about unless it's about work. CJ does not come to me for advice. I, I'm a listening ear. Yes, for, sometimes, sometimes a listening ear. Look at me. I'm taking off my damn clothes. I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'm a listening ear but never seeks advice unless it's about work so go ahead who is your other friend who do you talk to god jesus no (laughs) um uh i think since i'm spending a lot of my time by myself i like to teach myself how to analyze my problems because that analytical process is so interesting to me and so I I enjoy doing it on my own, even if sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable or painful to realize what your flaws are. Um, but that doesn't always lead to satisfactory conclusions. So I do require outside help and I do sometimes want it. But for the most part, because I'm spending a lot of alone time, I'm using it to understand myself better and and you know what else i reading novels and watching a lot of movies that helps because i'm i'm living through someone else's problems and in their life and their uh, perspective so when i'm looking over mine i can tackle an issue from different angles because of the insight that I got from reading this book and follow or watching this movie and following this these characters, I don't know. But something that I do that's therapeutic is dance. I um and uh, <laughs> I do a lot of lip singing and like and 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 it's not just me sitting on my at my desk and you know pretending to sing a song or something. I would take this microphone that I have my boom mic and put it on a light stand and pretend I'm on stage. And I can't believe I'm admitting that <laughs> to the people, but uh, yeah, I do that and I'll play a song and then I will like pour my heart into whatever it is that I'm singing. Oh my God, I love that. I fucking love that. I think that that's amazing. Cause I, you know how hard it is to like, some people can't even let loose by themselves. Yep. I was just thinking that. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, like to actually, cause I don't do that really. Like I'll sing in the car, like I'll go off in the car, but I cannot do that really. More recently I can, cause I'm singing to the baby a lot. But um, prior to baby, I could never just be like singing and like moving around. Like I, I would dream of like, dream. I'll fantasize really of like dancing around, but I wouldn't really do it, which it's so odd. I have all the space to just dance around my apartment, but I don't. I remember one night, Kathy, we were at Charay's. It was it was like a group gathering, but I don't know where the group went, if they were just outside or if they actually went to town for something to pick up something, but it was just me and you in Charay's house, and we put on music, and we just danced. I remember that. That yeah. was a good night. 
we've, yeah. we've had a lot of good moments in Cherie's basement because I remember there was like another night where I don't even think any of us were drinking but we were like by the bar and we were just like woo <laughs> like just doing all these like movements and um you know even just moving your body like that like that's something that I've been doing more recently is um to calm myself down because I get like really anxious so like before I'd have to hug myself, like I, I, I had, I don't know if you guys ever saw that little, it's not little, I had, hold on, let me calm him down real quick. I had like crocheted a, a long ass scarf and I would wrap myself in and it would like calm me down, but that's like not enough for me lately because I used to smoke so much weed before. And like now that I'm breastfeeding and, I'm, and I have a whole human to take care of, I can't smoke because I need to be like clear headed. Um, so now I've tried to find like new coping mechanisms and I follow these two ladies on Instagram. One of them is like a yogi. Well, she is a yogi. And then the other one, I don't even know what her workout style is, but she's like fucking fit. Like her, she's like weightless and does yoga at the same time. I don't know how she does it, but they're all about like just constantly moving and keeping your body flowing. And yo, that feels so good. And it just makes me think of like how you move around in your in your room and like you pretend that you're on stage. Cause that that constant movement really like just energizes your body. And I feel like just calms your mind or just like even distracts you for a bit, which is so mm-hmm. important sometimes. Like to remove yourself from whatever is like causing you stress. Mm-hmm. Damn, I wanna get up and do that now. Like I just wanna move my whole body around. <laughs> Sometimes you really, it's like just to throw your whole body into it. It's, um, it's almost like you're, it's almost, um, like a ritual, like you're relinquishing whatever negative emotion you have. You just. For real. No. Yeah. It is like, you're just shaking it off. Um, did you guys hear that song about like, I'm going to wash that man out of my hair something like that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I on your podcast no. what is it i think it's a diana ross song and like talking about she's gonna wash that man out of her hair i feel like when you move your body and you're just like shaking it off like you are just releasing all this like energy that you don't need on you anymore i mean there is there is some sort of uh chemical component to it where in your brain, you know, this kind of movement or uh, activity is releasing some sort of like dopamine or something like that. And, uh, you know, uh, Diamond, what is your therapeutic activity? Um, so real quick, I want to touch on what you just said, CJ, about well, well CJ started and Kathy mentioned on um, about people not being or or um yeah, people not being comfortable alone doing like kind of silly things or things that may just make them happy, but they're not even comfortable within themselves. And that's something that I'm also working on because I will, you both know I'm not a dancer, period. Like, don't ask me. I don't like it for real. Like, don't ask me. I just don't like it. I don't like, I almost feel like it's for me, it's public embarrassment unless I'm being goofy with it. But for me to actually try to dance, no. Um, so this was, um, I don't know, recently, very recently I danced and this is something that I do maybe like once a year by myself, but not only did I dance, but I danced looking at myself in the mirror because that was the disconnect. Right. 
look like seeing myself. And I was like, damn, CJ was right. This is an uncomfortable white girl, but. (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, but I did it and I felt at first it was incredible. At first I'm looking at myself and I'm like being really harsh. Like you are a fucking idiot. Literally, this is what I'm thinking to myself. You look dumb put a bra on, your titties are flapping, like you're like all these really nasty things. And I was like, okay, just you're enjoying the song. And um, it didn't last long, but it was, it was, it was nice. I will, I didn't, maybe my day was a little bit better after that, but it just felt in that moment, it felt really, really nice to just do something that I wanted to do and not be embarrassed of me and me alone. Um, So, what do I do for therapy to, um, so I am in therapy, like I mentioned before. And, um, but, uh, I want to answer the second part of the question because I want to. So, um, what do I do? I be trying to paint, but Kathy, you know this, CJ, you know this, but it don't, the thing I said, not yet, not yet. I want you to try it because now I want to do it. I'm like, we should get together and just do a whole art thing. Yeah. Draw but, our color all day long. You, I find, um, this, and, and this is something that I complain about a lot. Um, I, I truly feel I am not at my peak of anything because I'm not where I want to be in life. So I can't, it's like, I can't allow myself to fully enjoy like painting, right? Or fully enjoy almost anything because there there are several external factors that like push me down. So for example, with my painting, I don't have a space where I can say, okay, this is my creative space. This is my safe space. This is where I'm gonna go to decompress and just allow myself to freeform, right? so the painting that I have, although it's 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 okay, right? It's dark. It's not representative of me or how I truly feel. It's really messy, which um in its own way can be beautiful, but it's it's not like I'm not again, I don't have a space where I can say, okay, you know, we're gonna relax. I don't even have an easel. So I'm sitting here in right here, and I like to use my hands with my hands just creating this mess, right? Which again in its own right is very beautiful, but it's not, I'm saying all this to say, go to therapy and get your own spaces. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Go to therapy, find a good therapist, a therapist that works for you and um, create a safe space for yourself because I I feel very confined, I I am very confined to my my room, um, which in itself is, Although I love it, I love being by myself. It's highly stressful for me um, because I feel like I don't have any other options mm-hmm. right now. You know, mm-hmm. I can stay in my room all day. Don't get me wrong. I can stay in my, as long as I have something to eat, um, I can stay in my room for days on end when I want to. And the fact that I don't have the option to do something else is very, very stressful to me. Um, and that causes a whole nother slew of issues for real. Um, but uh, yeah, so painting and also um, eating, which is partly why I went to, th- to therapy. So moving mm-hmm. on, staying strong. 
Yeah, I agree because I, too, you know me, I love to be in my, I, I can be in my room and I can go just, just my alone time is my sacred time. I also want the option of having alone time somewhere else. And I think yep. that's, and, and I'm trying not to use this as an excuse anymore to stop being creative um, because uh, because for the longest time, I'm just like, oh, my room is like my everything. And so it's kind of blocking me from feeling creative and because it's also it's my workspace and then it's my sleep space. And then it's my like I have no other choice space. Um, and I remember when I was in. Uh, you know, if I lived in the Poconos, I could go out hiking. If when I was living in Philadelphia, there was I lived near a beautiful neighborhood, so I could go take a nice walk and really enjoy the view and and the surroundings. And over here, I don't feel like I, I have that. But again, sometimes I'm wondering if I'm just using that as an excuse for some deeper insecurity. So, um. But honestly, I don't want like I think that's also sure it might be a deeper it might stem from a deeper insecurity, but also don't take away like for me, I'm not going to take away from the fact that my living situation is not ideal and it's partly it partly blocks other like other things, other feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you don't feel safe at home and I'm not saying that I live in an unsafe place, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is that I don't have a safe personal 100 personal space right that can cause issue yeah. that within itself so not it's not always sometimes it's just that you know like for me it's part partly just the fact that i don't have another space sure i could go outside but i don't want to go outside i want to be able to leave my room and have another room just for what I want it for. And I don't have that ability and I'm not going to get that from anywhere other than home. Yeah. And no, and I, 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 cause I'm not, for me, the reason why I keep going back to, is this just an excuse is because I also know that I'm lazy. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if I'm using the fact that I have this one room, uh, and that's it as an excuse to be like, well, this is why I'm lazy. But, um, I do know that, like when, like I said, when I was living in Philadelphia, when I was living in the Poconos, I was more, uh, I did work on my art more, on my screenplays, you know, I did a lot more writing. I even did more reading. Like I still read a lot, I still read a lot, but it comes in waves. There are many times where I just, I'm not reading at all because I just, I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable. And then I, I, um, yeah, so I I do think it is important to find that personal space, but I also have to work through my lazy bouts. I find this so interesting with the personal space because I've never, you know what, up until I moved into this apartment, I never had a personal space to do my art. And then after being pregnant, you know, Pedro really made a space for me to do my art. And I never did art there because then I had the baby. But um prior when I when I first started doing my art I just did my art wherever the hell I pleased like I never did it in my room because I just didn't have a comfortable surface like just Pedro would even he would accommodate me like he'll get like planks of wood and then like we'll cover the bed in plastic and we'll paint on the bed but that's uncomfortable so we we would just go upstairs and I would just paint on the kitchen table and I didn't care if they were eating dinner or not like I'd be I'd be painting I I like forced myself into other areas because I knew that I really wanted to do this 
this art and like I needed to just get it out of me. And, but the, the thing too is that I live in a home, well, I used to live in a home where everybody was an artist. Like my brother is an artist. My husband's an artist. My mom wanted to paint. So she, we'd all make it like a group effort to like, we're all gonna work on a piece of art. And that's how like my, my pieces started coming up together because I'd be with my family. We'll all be working on something together. Um, but it took me like asserting myself into like, well, I'm in the kitchen doing my painting. I don't care what you're doing. Like you could do you and I'm going to do me here. And I think that was just me being more of an asshole in a way, <laughs> but it really helped me, um, get into the hang of, uh, my hobby because I needed to do it. And, and now prior to that, I was in the headspace, like, I don't have nowhere I could do it. I don't really have the skills. Like, I don't know what to do. And it took a lot of like, just asserting myself and just like throwing myself into that environment. Like, well, I'm just going to do it right here. And I don't, I, I don't want to do it in my bedroom because I just don't want to do it in there and I'm going to do it here. And I made it work for me. And oh, I'm so curious. I really want to see the painting that you made because you'd be surprised at something that you feel doesn't represent you can still represent you like on another level. Um, one of the, my favorite people is Vincent Van Gogh. Like if you ever look at his paintings, he has some that are like inverted in their colors. Like he has a specific color palette that he chooses. And when you learn a lot about him as an artist, like he suffered a lot with depression and like just a lot of mental health issues. And they're so dark and like, there's very like little, it's very blue, like it's so like dark blues and very little bits of yellow, which is like his optimism popping through. And then there's like, there's paintings where the colors are inverted, where it's like mostly oranges and yellows and very little bits of blues. And if there are blues, they're like pastel looking blues. And those are when he was like, supposedly when he was seeking treatment. So, you know, like I have two set, two, two different styles of art. And, but I had to learn that through time and I just like not giving up. And I think there's something very poetic about you diamond, like painting with your fingers. I think that that's amazing. Cause I hate getting dirty. So it's like cool that you getting down and dirty and like, you know, you're putting literally yourself into it. Like your body mm -hmm. is creating this piece of work. And I know you said that it's dark, but that might be a, a facet of you that's coming out through your hobby that you don't even realize is so much a part of you. And I would love to see if you want to show me. No, <laughs> no, I, I actually, you know, it's so funny. I find myself looking, I'm looking at it right now and I find myself wanting to rip it up, like wanting to stomp the shit out of it, but I'm not ready to do that yet. That's part of the process. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, that's just part of the process. But like Kathy just said, that could be fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm not, I will. I think I will destroy it, but I'm, but not fully destroy it. I think I don't want to completely destroy it. There are some elements of this that I like. So I might just take those and then create something new with it. Um, but I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm just, I'm not in the space to like be creative in this way. Um, there are, uh, I have like a lot going on up here and I just want to focus on that before um, I just want to figure a couple things out before I can like truly immerse myself in something that I I I like I want to seek enjoyment out of because I don't want to tarnish that for myself mm -hmm. um, but yeah you know and you know I, something that you said too it I I'm trying not to be so negative but here we go um <laughs> i <laughs> am almost envious of the fact that 
you said you live in a house full of artists, right? So even when you're maybe not seeking support, when you're doing your art, it's there. Um, it, at least it's understood. Girl, I don't have that in my house. And that's part of the issue because I, there's a lot of, um, I want to say hostility. <laughs> there's a lot of hostility. <laughs> and um, so it's, it looks it's a little not, different. That's not, like, not good for you to be in that. No, girl, no. So maybe, so I hate to say like fake it till you make it, but sometimes we do have to like fake yeah. it and just like, I'm going to, I'm going to believe this about myself and I'm just going to do it. And I'm just, I'm not going to give two fucks. And, um, and the thing with CJ was saying like about the excuses, like I'm the queen of excuses. I will put <laughs> it off and I literally cannot. And I will find every reason. And I'll even make up fake ass excuses to like mm-hmm. tell the next person. Cause I really just don't want to tell them the truth. And, um, but I'm trying not to do that anymore because that's something me and my therapist are working on actually. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So see, can't relate. I just, you know, you moment by moment. Being a better person, I definitely agree. Like you, you check, like you, you. The fact that you had the balls to check her on it and nothing changed. Well, I don't want to say I checked her on. That's not what happened. That's not exactly how it happened. Like you brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to say check because I'm a Bronx girl. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I like to be alone so damn much because um, I don't have to worry about it's like I feel like my insecurities uh, are heightened when I'm around people because I'm constantly comparing myself to people who are better than me because I'm surrounding myself with people who are better than me (laughs) you know like my friends and stuff like that like they, they have these qualities I'm like damn I wish I had that and that's why I'm with this person because they're this kind of person um but when I'm alone, I don't have to worry about that. I could just, you know, be me and chill. Yeah, hold the standard. Yeah, so. Don't tell him that, please. <laughs> well, he's by himself. That's what he is. He's his own goal. Um, yeah. yeah. But I feel like I feel you on like comparing yourself to others. But I really try not to do that. I really try my best. And it's so hard. It's like a daily struggle to not compare myself to other people. It's like, even with the parenting thing, like so many of my friends became parents last year or were already parents and then added to their kids. Like I'll compare myself to them. And it's just like, we live so many different lives. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no reason to compare each other because we have re- very different circumstances. Like everybody that I know, there's not one person with the exact same circumstances as me. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, I, I fight that every day, like not to, to compare myself because it's such a, Comparison is a theft of joy at the end of the day. Oh, I like that. It really is. I'm writing that down. I was also thinking about how another thing why we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other is because I think we forget sometimes that like how our... Now, it's not just that people have different walks of life, like they come from different situations and backgrounds, but it's also our minds are just wired differently. So when I look at somebody who's very ambitious and I'm just like, why am I not ambitious like that? Why? And it's like, it's my mind. I'm just, I, for me, all of that stuff doesn't matter. I, I don't feel this need to like 
go out there and do 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 like i'm really how you were saying earlier finding where you're just okay and if that's if that's enough like i'm really just okay with finding my cottage in the mountains and just being, you know being chill and and not having to do so much uh to be successful and stuff like that in life and uh and you know, in some avenues, I do need to work on that because I do want to be a filmmaker. And so I really have to push that part of myself. Um, but naturally, I don't have these ambitions and I have to stop feeling bad when I'm with somebody who does have them because they naturally have them. Their wa- mind is wired that way. My mind is not. We believe that, but we don't really know that. We believe that their mind is so ambitious, but they're they're sharing that with you because that's something that they know that they can share with you. And I feel like a lot of the times we're putting out what we want other people to see us as. So if you're hanging out with your film buddy, he's gonna tell you all his projects because you share that with him. And he's gonna like he's gonna share everything with you, but you don't really know his daily struggle of like of finding the ambition to do work every day and like that's a good point so the way you feel is the way that the next person feels too like they're they're feeling insecure as well and and sometimes when they're sharing that with you it's because they're looking for that validation of like well you know what the he's the right person to share this with because he's like on the same boat as me we we have different walks but he probably struggles with this too and he'll be like yeah like every day i'm doing something but you don't are you really though are you really you know, like, we also have to remember that. Yeah. Uh, so basically, well, everybody's a fraud. Everybody everybody's a fraud. fraud. <laughs> I, I, I do believe to a certain extent, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One of the other questions was, um, what, what's, what's something about yourself that you're not willing to change? I don't want to change my um my my desire to like talk about gross gross things i'm putting like air quotations because nobody's gonna see this but they might hear it um one thing i've I've, it's always been a pattern in my life and i think that's why i know my niche in my art like it it was easy for me to figure out what i wanted to paint is um i love talking about bodily functions i love talking about sex i love talking about emotions I want to deep dive into people's psyche and I love doing it. And I hate when somebody tries to suppress that in me or like, you know, I've literally had so many teachers and uh, so many men and just even fucking strangers, like try to suppress my, the things I want to talk about. And it's just like, why do you, why do you want to suppress me so hard? And that's one thing I don't want to change because I've experienced a lot, like even just with my, like I, I told you that I, mean, I live in a house with artists, but they're not always as supportive of me. Like um, if I do a new painting, they're like, oh, another, another vagina painting, really? And I'm like, yeah, another mm. vagina painting because that's what I wanted to paint. That's what inspired me today. So that's one thing I, I want to always keep about myself because I also want my children to grow up not feeling shy about what they want to talk about. Like if you have a question, just ask it. Um, I'd rather you verbalize it now, especially with the internet and all these crazy people online. Like, I want you to genuinely do research. And I want you to always be curious. And um, I've, I, re- oh, yo, I remember one time I had, it was, I was taking a medical assistant course and uh, we were talking about our periods. Like, 
It was all women in the classroom, only two male students, and the teacher was a man. And we just had like a chill period, and we just were all sharing our first period stories, which I feel like is such a like it's a bonding moment for women in a lot of in, in a lot of moments. So the teacher was like, "Well, w- real women would not be talking about their periods." And I was like, "What would wow. you? Know? What would you know as a person who's lived his life? What's a real woman like? Exactly. What?" What are you talking about? Mind you, this is a man that will go around like showing off a picture of his hot daughter and like talking about how he had a really young wife. And I'm like, okay, yeah. free. And I'm going to still talk about my period in front of you even more now that I know that mm-hmm. it bothers you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that it bothers you. I'm going to tell you all about the color that it was. Mm-hmm. If it had a scent, then I have any blood clots. I'm going to let you know. Mm-hmm. That, um, that's so damn unfortunate and it's so common and you know what honestly i find myself sometimes this is another thing where i have to like whoa girl calm down um it was i don't remember it was something i don't remember what it was but i found myself policing my own thoughts to like to accommodate well first out of my own uncomfortableness and i had to like get out of that because i'm like what I don't remember what I think it was actually weed we were talking about I think it was weed and I was having like my initial reaction was like whoa no this is inappropriate I'm like girl you used to be a pothead just a couple years ago and also what like what are you even like inappropriate it's just a conversation it's literally a conversation and um I remember also, I remember one situation very, not vividly, because y'all know how my memory set up, but um, well enough, we were talking about femininity and all that comes with it, right? I should say womanhood. I don't know if that's appropriate either. Whatever. You get, you understand what I'm saying. Um, and was so uncomfortable. And I remember like looking at him and then looking at you to try to like shut you up. I don't, in that moment, I just did it because that's what felt natural. But I'm like, you know, you can also just leave because you're the only man in here. And the fact that you're remaining in this room to set yourself to be more uncomfortable, that says more about you than it does us. Because we are just talking about our day-to-day and the the fact that you can just easily remove yourself from the situation. Now, this is not what I'm thinking right then. Right then, I wanted you to shut the fuck up because I didn't want you to make him uncomfortable. But as we grow, I'm just like, well, why? why this is you you are surrounded by women who go through these things daily it's not like this is just natural and you're so uncomfortable and bothered and you're trying to stifle the conversation why just remove yourself there there was a comedian who said that if men uh had to bleed out of their penis once a month they would not be able to shut up about it oh my god this is true they would never shut their freaking mouths about it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that um, I I think, I, I, I feel like I remember that moment, but I've also talked so like personal. Also, and- Kathy, I'm not gonna lie. You were very vulgar at times. Like you'd be like my fucking pussy. I'm like, bitch, like her parents are here. Like, like all right. I've never had a problem in my house talking mm-hmm. about it. And I, cause you know what it is? I didn't, I wasn't really raised with my dad in my house. I was just my mom. And then most of the time it wasn't, my mom wasn't even home. I was by myself most of my time. Mm-hmm. It was just me and Lewis or me and my high school boyfriend or me and my friends. Like it's, I've never really had a lot of parental like on me. And like, that's one household where the parents are always home. And, but you know, her mom always made me feel so comfortable to like, 
just share what I wanted to share. And and you made a good point. Like you could just leave. Like if you're uncomfortable, just leave. But the, people choose to stay in that situation mm-hmm. because they want to police you yep. and impose mm-hmm. that on you. When it's just like you, I've heard so many. Not even just in that household, but I've heard men share stories, and you think I can come up to them and tell them, "Oh, that's not appropriate what you're sharing." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I do do that to my brother, and his friends. I feel like it is my duties. I mean, I, there I do is think a line. That there's a difference. There yeah. is a line because if they're talking about this woman that they were harassing, you yeah. know, that's something that you're like, okay, no, we can't. This is not okay. Well, we can talk about it, but this is not okay. Yeah, right. we can talk about how this is not okay. <laughs> right, right. It's interesting how um, sometimes people still don't get that, even after you explain it, they just don't get it. But you know, it, it's a process, but sometimes it's an excruciatingly long process for people to just grasp not just that concept just concepts period right um so yeah that's uh, you know i i realized like you have to speak with a you have to speak to adults a lot of the times the way you would try to communicate with a child sure and it and and in that way, you also have to speak to the child like the child is a human being. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, we grow up and I think we expect our fellow adults to just know these things and to automatically be mature and whatnot. But, you know, we just we don't know what their education was like growing up. We don't know what their family life was like growing up, what kind of friends they were uh, interacting with. So we have to... Like Diamond said, it's a process and sometimes a very long, arduous uh, process. And um, yeah. Wow. You know, I feel like you you create, you said something that I, I actually say to one of my younger cousins. Um, she struggles with her relationship with her mother, but her mother grew up poor in a third world country, not even with her own parents. She was raised by her aunt and she just suffered a lot. Like she doesn't have a lot of education. And I always have to say, like, we're the generation that we are growing up in, I feel we are fortunate because mental health and it, it's such a big discussion. And we're, we're, we feel more at ease talking about our, our feelings with one another. And, and it's, it's encouraged more now more than ever to listen to your children and how you said sometimes you have to talk to your children. No, I feel like you should always talk to your children as a human being because you're instilling the, their communication skills at a young age. And when you have to talk to an adult like they're a child, it just shows that they weren't talked to appropri- appropriately when they were children. And they their parents did the best that they could because that's how they were raised. So I feel like in a way, every generation gets even better because we're always progressing and we're always showing things that are so important to instill in children. Like I talk to Peter like as if, as if he is a grown ass man sometimes. I narrate my day to him and I just, cause I want him to be able to communicate with me as he grows up. I want him to, he's gonna go through his like babbling stage and his two word sentences and three words, but I want him to, to know that I'm not gonna baby talk him and I'm gonna baby him, but I'm not gonna baby him to the point where people outside of my home are giving him reality checks. Like I want mm-hmm. him to grow up and like have expectations and realize that you have to fully communicate. And I think that that's a lot of the problems that 
our generation is dealing with because we have parents that maybe didn't have the best communication skills, but that's what their parents taught them, you know? And like, and I know that you, I love the, the, the episode on the kids. You can instill that on other people's kids. You could instill that in your nieces and your nephews. You can instill that like on my child. Like I would, I want you to always like, I love you guys so much that I want you guys to parent with me. You know, I want you guys to, um, give me pointers or give him pointers and my future children. So like, I want you to always feel free that you can talk to my children and, and share that with them. Cause I, I trust you enough to know that whatever you say to them is going to be worthy and, and, and it's going to come with good intention and it's going to come with um, love and well, you know, put them on the right path. Thank you. I'm trying to do that now with my cousin that he's here from DR and that that's a rough one. He's that he all the time. You ugh, it's um, and you know, I find myself a lot like th- having to to stop and recuperate and reflect on the way I just treated him because he because he's so much. He's a he's and he's 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 disobedient. Like that's that's he's defiant. <sighs> trying to find an i guess a more understanding compassionate way to put it but it's like he knows what he does what you don't want him to do and he'll look at you to make sure that you see him doing the thing that you don't want him to do um and when i'm trying to so I have to check myself a lot because I feel like I'm just saying no, no, no to him all the time. You can't do this. You can't do this. And I have to remind myself, you need to explain to him why this is wrong. You need to sit down with him and figure out how he's feeling and maybe why he's doing what he's doing. And sometimes when I do that, I learn things about what he's seeing happening around him that is a big clue to why he's behaving this way. And, um, you know, so then you start to 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 be a little less mean, I guess, a little saying no a little less and and um, breathing a little more. You got to freaking breathe sometimes. <laughs> you just got to stop and breathe before you respond. But um, yeah, it is hard. Communicating is so freaking hard because it would just be so easy to just be like, come on, get it together. Why don't you know this by now? <laughs> yeah. We're five years old though. That's why you don't get it. He is five. He is five and, and you know, his his background is not the greatest. Um, so it's kinda like there's a little bit of this pressure between my grandparents and I to step in and really um do what we should do to help him. But there's also this feeling like we got to teach his parents too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we got to teach more than just the kid. We got to teach the parents. Cause at the end of the day, it's their responsibility. So like with you, Kathy, you know, I'm more than happy to step in and help if I can, but I'm also not worried that your child is going <laughs> to turn out to be this monster because I feel like you're going to be such a, well, you are a fantastic mother. So, um, yeah. Sometimes people mm-hmm. just need like that third party to to talk to because I mean I've always had a very open mom. Like think I feel so thankful that I'm able to share with her as much as I can. But sometimes I just don't want to. 
<laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. I need like that that person that's not my mom to tell me what it is and like they could even just re- be repeating exactly what she said but because they said it it kind of sunk in more and I don't mm-hmm. even know how that occurs sometimes so but um I we we recently just went through something with a family member where it's like we want to be there for you we love you and like we're always going to be there for you but I gotta love you from a distance because all this all this help I'm trying to give you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's only and it's bringing so much chaos into your world. It does it really does? Girl, y'all go to therapy. <laughs> Find a good therapist for yourself and really work on yourselves because shop this, yeah, things like this happen, and it. I feel. Um, I feel, how do I feel? I just feel very vulnerable. Like, I feel like I'm always ready to cry or I'm always ready to fight. Like in my head, I would never physically fight. We'll never say never, but I wouldn't physically fight anyone. But I'm just all over the place with my emotions. And um, I'm getting mad at people who don't deserve my anger, you know? Um, Do you let yourself cry? I do. You know, sometimes it's funny because sometimes I find it hard to cry when I really want to. My body just won't do it Um, unless I'm watching. Like, I think the last time I cried, well, I just teared up, but like a a good juicy cry. um, I had to I wanted to cry for several days and I had to put something on a movie. I put some movie on whatever it was, and then I was able to cry from that. And then after that, I really thought about, like, I just allowed myself to go through it. But um, sometimes it's not, it's not, it's very hard for me. And is that something that you've experienced? Um, I went through a few years when I lived in my apartment in the Bronx. Like, I cried. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about Sundays, but I would cry every Sunday morning, like, just viciously. Like, I would mm-hmm. be crying for hours in my bed. I'll light a blunt, be okay, cry again. And, um, I don't know what it was. I just, I needed to cry. And like, I would feel so cleansed after. Cause I was like, damn, like, I don't know what that was about, but I cried it out. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. was, I don't know. It was just like clockwork every Sunday morning, crying, crying, crying. And recently I haven't had too much of a reason to cry, which is weird because after I gave birth, I was crying like at the drop of a dime because of postpartum. And um, yesterday I cried a little bit because I saw this really beautiful like video of this man proposing to his girlfriend. I just thought it was, and I never cried people proposing, but I just thought it was so cute. And, um, but recently I haven't been able to make myself cry and I, and I kind of miss it because I like that release that I feel after I'm done crying, mm-hmm. and, but I haven't been able to do it. And I feel like I have a, I have a block in a way and I want to figure out why it's blocked. And that's something that I'm like, I, I have a mental note, like I'm going to bring that up to my therapist because I, I want to cry it out. And like, I remember the first two months of therapy, I couldn't get through a session without crying, uh, without crying because I'm a crybaby. But now I've been able to express myself and not cry. So I'm like, I'm torn between is it healthy that I'm not crying or should I be crying? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm trying to figure it out. But for you, I would say maybe... You have like tougher skin, so I don't know. Like I'm so I I wish I could like go in through your mind and swim around and like see what's in there <laughs> because there's so much of you that I still want to learn more about, and I and I feel like I want you to be vulnerable because I feel like you're 
you're so tough and I and that's I love that about you but I also want you to be I, I, I wish for you to be vulnerable with me you know that's again that's so funny that you say that because I've heard that my entire life and I'm almost tired of hearing like that I'm so tough because I'm not I'm I am weak and I'm not saying that in a bad way but externally you get this image and some I don't know how it's gotten to this point and that sounds so dramatic but it's very true because I don't know why everyone views me as like this really I like to be strong sure but I'm also not that all the time and not just and I'm not that a lot of the time not just a lot of the time I'm not what and it's not a facade. I feel like, okay, let me finish these sentences. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm getting overwhelmed right now. Um, all my life I had to fight. <laughs> Stop. Stop right now. <laughs> Stop right now. I want to say all my life, but I was like, I'm not going to go full force, but no, that's, I'm just being dramatic. But all my life I was told that I was like really strong and I'm tough and I'm like, but I'm not from a kid. You know, like what is tough about me? Because my, I remember this one time, um, this girl, um, like my brother, she didn't like him. And I just was like, he doesn't like you. And then it was like, oh, diamond this. I, and I know we're kids, but I understand that he just doesn't like you and I'm not being mean to you. And you guys are making me out to be like, she's mean. She's like the defender, which kind of you said, right? So maybe that's just a natural thing that I exude, right? A natural quality or trait that I exude. But on the other hand, it's like, how do you not see the vulnerability too? <laughs> like, how do you not, like, well, do you, I- Ability to say no. Like, I asked you, like, can I see it? And you're like, no. And I'm like, that would be my way of getting to see that part of you that you don't mm -hmm. want to- I said not yet. No, not yet. Oh, okay, not yet. I think okay. I said not yet. I think I, said I heard I'm not no. Ready yet. I heard no. But uh, <laughs> I said no at first, but then I explained. <laughs> no, but, but Diamond, do you, do you ever wonder if like, with all so many people telling you that you're this way on the outside, that if you're subconsciously acting this way as a reaction to your insecurities. Is that a coping Sure. Sure. Yeah. But I also, I think especially now or like now and like I've been working on this not to, to be that all the time, for example. And I don't know if this will actually relate because it's, it's making sense in my head. I don't think this is going to relate, but I'm going to say it anyway. For example, when CJ would say, you would always say to me that I'm like mean to, if people, if we were talking to people, I was like mean to them. Right. So I, and it took me a long time to like, maybe see what you were seeing and like be gentle with them, more gentle with just people in general. Right. Um, but then that's still, but then I still feel like I'm, it's not enough, you know? And like, even when I actively try to do that and like dismiss the subconscious and still, again, try to be gentle, it's still like, you're still rough. Like what the, f I'm crying. How am I rough when I'm crying? Like, I just, I, and I don't know, sometimes I've been hearing a lot of like, I got to get off Instagram sometimes, but I've been hearing a lot of um, people saying, like we view black women all the time as being these really aggressive and having to be strong because that's what we like society has put on us. And I'm like, 
but I sometimes feel this way and then I sometimes not. So what is it, you know? And I don't know if it is a mixture of people viewing me as just being a strong black woman and putting that on me and then me just being a strong person. You know, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I feel like it's it's so complex. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I understand, but I don't know how to respond to it, which I feel like it's not- I don't even know what I'm response. thinking. So how can you respond? <laughs> yeah, that, but, I, but I, I get where you're going with it. And I, I totally 100% feel you because it's true. And like, um, up until a certain point in my life, and I was actually talking to Sheree about this the other day, um, in high school, I was, uh, people would always tell me like, I'm a bitch. Because I think it was like a demeanor that I had, but I wasn't really. Because mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that like, I have verbal diarrhea. So you just have to get me talking. I'm letting you know everything about myself. And I feel like that's why a lot of people start to see a softer side of me because I, sh- I overshare, which is not really healthy when you think about it. Because sh- there's some people that I should not share with. So I feel like when, when people look to you and they want you to be vulnerable, it's because I feel, I as somebody that knows you, I know that I can say whatever I want like about me to you. And I feel like you soak it in and then that's that. And I think people want you to reciprocate it by you then exposing yourself to them. And it's just like, but you don't have to do that. And I think we all need to, we all need to figure out what is, what is vulnerability? Like, how is it truly defined? And, um, and everybody just has different levels of it. And I think like when I say I want you to be vulnerable with me, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't even know what I mean by that either. Sometimes I don't know what I need you to do to be vulnerable with me because I feel like you are like, as I, as the years gone by, there's like a barrier that goes down and down each year. And I love that. And maybe I'm just like, I get so excited because I, I feel like I do get closer to you and closer to you and closer to you that I'm like, I want to get to the end point. I want to see it all. <laughs> and I think I get so excited. I don't know about anybody else. I don't know how everybody else views vulnerability. To me, it's just a, like, it's a breakdown of barriers. Mm-hmm. And I think you're so good at maintaining boundaries. And other people are like not into, they don't even know how to set a boundary. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the problem a lot with people on the outside. Like they don't set boundaries. They don't know what boundaries are in your, I don't know if you do it purposely or not, but like, I think that that's a good quality to have is boundaries. And um, maybe that, that might tie into why people think you're so rough. I don't know. That's just my perspective, mm-hmm. like on me personally. Yeah. I don't know how I want to ask you, Diamond, how, I mean, well, actually, no, this is not, because you actually, you literally just got the book. So this wouldn't make sense. But I was going to say, how's journaling? Been? Oh, I didn't, I didn't start yet. Um, so Kathy, I got this book. Uh, I got a journal. It's called a wellness journal. It's in... Uh, um, I'll send you a picture of it. Um, and each day they give you the same prompt. So it's basically like, what did you eat for today? What went good about today? What went bad? Free thought, things like that. How was your mood? And, um, I, I'm going to start Sunday night, um, because I want to re, I, I, w- I had myself on a really good set schedule, which I found helped me just in general, going to sleep at a decent hour, waking up earlier like having structure to my day. Um, so I'm going to start that, you know, like I said, this weekend. Um, but yeah, I got the journal because I am a note person. I like to write. And I also found that I haven't been doing that at all, at all. Not like 
at all recently. And um, I want to get myself back in the habit of it because A, I enjoyed it and B, it's, it's beneficial to like, and something else that I have been working on, but actually, I don't know if I've been slacking and I have to revisit this was depending on CJ for so much of like, of just like pouring myself out to him all the time because that's overwhelming. Um, so I wanted to also just use that as like a form of communication to myself and not always seeking that validation that I try to get from him. Um, so I am working on it. See, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, that's the reason why I got the journal. Uh, but I haven't started yet, as I mentioned. Um, but I, and you know what, too, one thing about this, I told myself, I'm going to give myself, I think, I think it was six days at a time. Write for six days, see how you feel, write for six days, see how you feel. Instead of like setting these kind of outrageous goals, because of course you want to fill, I want to fill up the, the notebook. But when I think about that, I get very overwhelmed and intimidated by it. So I'm just like, six days, give yourself six days, see how you feel after six days, then regroup and then start again, you know? Um, so yeah. It's a, I it's, wonder where that comes from because I do that with planners. Mm -hmm. I get a planner every year. Mm -hmm. And the only time I'm I'm really good at it is when I have school. If I'm not in school, I don't use that shit. But I really mm -hmm. want to have my planner. Same here. <laughs> why, why? I get so intimidated to write anything out sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's more like a reality check of shit I got to do. Yeah. Either if I don't have nothing to write, then it's reality of like, wow, I have nothing going on in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I like I feel you, and I like that uh, that that goal of like okay, I'm gonna write for six days, and then I'm gonna see how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool. And then I I, I I'm so curious as like how every how so many people could go through the same feeling, but in like different ways. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this in my criminal justice class. Like, you know, we all have a fear of something. We all share it as a community, but like in different degrees. And why is that so natural in us to have that, like to carry that fear or that anxiety? And then we hide it from each other mm -hmm. when we could mm -hmm. be sharing and supporting each other. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, I, I, I am an oversharer, so I don't mind sharing that with me. <laughs> mm. <sighs> I, um, so in my social psychology class this week, we were talking about the self, which didn't look exactly how I initially thought it would, the lesson. Um, but because I thought we were going to talk about like our feelings and we're not doing that. This is class, <laughs> you know, it's like I was so ready diamond. to, yeah. <laughs> my cousin just did her master's for uh, mental health counseling mm -hmm. and she was like, every class is a therapy session basically. That's great. So you know exactly where people are coming from. That's so wonderful. But um, part of the reason why, um, and and I I don't know this for certain because I only went, read one article, two articles, um, about this. But part of the reason why, um, so basically we we're talking about East East Asian um civilization or culture and whatnot and then american um culture and how uh in american culture we value individuality and and like you 
are on your own path. You can create your own destiny, all these things. And East Asian, they're about community. Now, I don't know how the, how I don't really know the breakdown because I, the study wasn't, it didn't have enough um, elements for me to be like, okay, well, this is what works for them. This is what works for us. Like how, but how does, actually my question in my notes was, according to psychology, something like according to psychology, what is the mental and physical benefits of both of end of, of each of these um uh i can't even think of the word styles maybe? um styles of community whatever or of course culture and those were not answered in that report but i say that to say in american culture or like westernized culture we really focus on working on your working on yourself by yourself and like figuring it out and i don't always think that's the best thing like you said um we all share these uh feelings and we are all going through these uh these we all have these issues and we share that but we don't know it because we don't actually share it right so i wonder how that looks different in different societies because we all got issues and why aren't we talking about it more and like why do for me myself why do i feel like i can't share it with anyone outside of the people who already know when they're probably going through the same things, right? I feel like that's an invasion of privacy, but is it because, I mean, it is because it's mine, it's my private life. But if you're going through the same thing and why why am I hesitant to, sh to, to like explore that with you, you know? Or how, not, not why is it? Cause I know why it is because that's how we grew up, but does it work better? Would it work better in a society like that as opposed to this? You know, you know what? I've yeah. always, I've, I do, I do think about collectivism and individualism. Collectivism, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, because I was. That's always been a big thing in my mind. And you know why I feel like it works so well in other countries is because I think it's called homogenized. Yep. Yep. Homogenized so, societies. They're somewhere. like the same. People tend to look the same. People practice the same religion. People practice a lot of the same things. So it's easier to fall into a community that's there from one another because you guys all have the same beliefs. Now mm -hmm. we live in America where we're a melting pot of so many different cultures and beliefs and religions and backgrounds. So it's hard to be on the same page because we're none of us are starting on the same page, nobody is. And so when we try to come together as a, as a collective, it's hard because you know, your religion is saying one thing and my religion is saying this and you're more spiritual. Like, I don't see life from your perspective because we have two different skin tones, so I'm treated differently. So mm. there's so many factors that come to play here in America. And that's why I feel like individualism is so, it's such a rampant thing. And we we live in a, in a country where it's maybe another hundred years will be closer to being more of a collective because we're intermixing more and more now and not even just now but we're also respecting each other's cultures a lot more now as well so i don't know where i was going with that but is he normally fussy um when i like after a while i don't touch him mm -hmm. <laughs> just mm -hmm. like that. but i think he wants to eat because he just woke up from his nap and i'm like i'm trying to get the laundry together okay so should we wrap this we, up yeah then? we should probably of, yeah. wrap up um so I want to say since this podcast is dropping on the 28th, happy birthday, Kathy. 
Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, thank you for being here with us. Thank um, you for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. Like, I, I think this is so much fun, and I'm so excited for you guys. I hope I don't come um, at all. <laughs> girl, no. No, <laughs> and uh, and for the people listening, uh, share more with others, but also learn how to share with yourselves too, um, and uh, be kind to yourselves and kind to others. And good day, everyone. <laughs> I don't know. How to... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop recording before you say any more. <laughs> <laughs>